0: I'm never going to be the one person that's like, just go for it. I take risks, but I take calculated risks.
1: So today on the Owner's Table podcast, we talked to Ashley Robinson. She owns Green Cardigan Marketing in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She has offices in Birmingham. She has clients all over the U.S. So here's what we dove into. We dove into her being a professional golfer. We dove into her background, being, as a, being raised as a pastor's kid and her journey through that. But then we also talked about hiring, and it was really, really interesting talking to her about hiring and how she's got four remote employees that do a phenomenal job for her. It's a wonderful journey. We even talked a little bit about having kids, possibly, and just the, the journeys of being an adult and parenting. So I know you're gonna enjoy our conversation with Ashley. Ashley, so thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you. Um, so Ashley, you were a, a friend of Anna Marie who is a wonderful real estate agent here, wonderful business owner and just so much wisdom and you knew her from, tell me that again
0: a little bit in the world of golf and then just growing up in Anniston, where she was. Okay. It's a pretty small town, sure. and so we just got to know each other through just mutual connections there.
1: Gotcha. So, like most of these conversations, unless it's somebody that I've known, like most of these conversations, I don't know a ton about you, so what will, this will be is this is extremely conversational. We'll just talk through who you are, what you do, and really why does it matter? So that's usually my first opening question that goes from there. So okay. what do you do and why does it matter?
0: What do I do and why does it matter? So, I own a, a marketing agency. Okay. And we do digital marketing for law firms. So, we specifically work specifically law firms. Specifically, we only work with law firms. So if with, I said, hey,
1: I need you to do this for us, our company, probably said, not. hey, thanks for noticing. You thanks. know
0: what? In the world of marketing, the one thing I would do is website design because we've got some really great website designers. And that can kind of be, you know, we can kind of do any industry. Sure. But our specialty, all of our focus and attention and research and time is on the world, in the world of legal. So digital marketing services, only in the world of legal. Within that, we get even more specific. We only do organic marketing, right? So versus paid ads, sure. we only do organic marketing. Um, and then within, within that, we're beginning to niche down even further to certain practice areas. Okay,
1: so a lot of people out there don't understand exactly what organic marketing is. So tell me what organic marketing is, number one. Okay. And then number two, tell me what that is. Give me an example of what that is in the law business.
0: Okay, organic marketing versus paid marketing, yep. okay? Organic is I'm organically searching for, um, can I, in the state of Alabama, what is a contested versus non-contested divorce? And I search for it and I organically see um, Thomas Cox family law on 280 and okay. I've organically found you, right? right? So I'm, I'm looking for best watches and i organically find this watch. Sure. Versus paid marketing is when a company pays for that ad, right? And it right? says sponsored. It says sponsored, it says paid. Oh,
1: and we're talking, when we say search, you're obviously referring to Google.
0: Google, yeah, everything we do, Google. Um, so we're talking top three or four spots are okay. paid spots, right? right? So that is pay to play. Sure. And there are many companies who do that, We do not, we're not into the paid world. You don't
1: want anything paid.
0: We do not. We eventually will, is our ultimate goal. Now our our size clients, it just doesn't make sense. So we just do all things organic. So what we're trying to do is kind of reverse engineer someone's Google search, right? And, And when they search for a law firm or when they search for anything legal related, we want our clients to show up. So we have clients across the country in 37, 38 states, all practice areas, so we are trying to target their local market when they search for something, right. that they, they find one of our law firms. Same on social media, same with video marketing, so we do SEO, social video, and website, but it's all organic, none of the pay to play.
1: So when people pay you, in this world, the marketing world, there's two things. You have retainer, yep. and you have ad spend. But no one ever spends ad spend with you because you don't do any paid marketing. Correct. So you just are retainer based. I'm retainer based. So law firm XYZ that does whatever kind of law, they pay you the X number of dollars per month and that's a retainer. So let me, let's go drill down a little bit deeper and we are way past the point of like, I need to learn more about you in general, but I want to ask this question is what kind of law? So we could sit here for 45 minutes and talk about the different kinds of lawyers, the practices, Great friend of mine. He is a lawyer. Was in his wedding, but he does very specific contractual law mm. for one company.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what He's kind of corporate. law? What kind of law do you do? What, do? what kind of law? What kind of law firms do you take?
0: So, our ideal client, we call it like our client avatar, yeah. right, is a small to medium sized law firm, solo practitioner, up to five, ten partners. And then again, we're in many, many, many practice areas. So we've, we're drilling down. We have a, a big base in personal injury, obviously. Yep. We have a big family estate. Um, those, are, those are three big areas for us. So family law, estate, very much go hand in hand. Okay. Personal injury. We have a decent sized business, um, you know, business law. Because they're not necessarily, and they're a different type of marketing, right? They're not marketing to consumers. It's more B2B. So we're trying to target me, you, other small business owners. So that's, I guess, to answer your question, it's that small to solo mid-sized law firm in their region trying to dominate their local market.
1: Okay. So let's do this before I get into my detailed questions, because I got a a handful of detailed questions just about what you do. Tell me, uh, let's go back. Okay. So you're an Alabama girl, but you live in Fort Lauderdale now. I do. So tell me about growing up from the time you were a kid. Just go from kid to high school and what that was like. What are your parents like? What did you do, go, obviously, golf growing up? So tell me about that.
0: Yes, I grew up in Anniston, okay. so not too far from here. Nope. Um, golf was my world. Uh, my parents are pastors, so very familiar with the spot you guys yeah. have here. Uh, my dad, mom and dad are pastors in Anniston. Uh, just retired, were weeks, months post retirement. Wow. Um, so, grew up in that world, pastor's kid world. Um, lots of pros, few cons. Sure. Um, very supportive family, three children. Played golf. Got into golf very young. And golf. When you just say young, give me
1: how young? Nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, golf becomes quickly all consuming for me. I was always in, I've always been an athletic. Um, major into to athletics, really the only one in my family. It's Just a thing for me. My dad's a big hunter. Mom, not at all. Brother mm. is later in life, not as a, a child, sister, yeah. not at all. So I, all, I just find something in sports, He's in a, even as a young child. So I get introduced to golf, and it just becomes everything. I can so vividly remember the first time I played and was like, wow, you know, like this really? is it just totally obsessed with it from I freaking from hated it
1: really i hated yeah. it like yeah i gave it a college try for about six or eight months to a year I with my best friends like i'm talking best friends and they are still eat up with it at 40 something
0: why do you hate it
1: um that's a great question i don't really know why i hate it i don't know if it's the lack of control I don't know if it's the like a knowledge of how to c- correct the mistakes. Uh, but I saw that over a course of time the progress wasn't made, and I didn't I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Did not enjoy that. Now, yeah. I'll say this. Everyone always says you need lessons because you don't know what you're doing. Never did get lessons. So I was trying to trying to be, quote, self-taught. So back in the day, you know. 30 years ago nobody got lessons on anything so in football and basketball and baseball in every sport I just did it got better and saw progress and kept going mm. I never saw progress
0: yeah that's not gonna happen in golf
1: yeah so I think that's probably why I don't like it I don't really know I've never been asked why I don't <clears> like it
0: yeah that's I don't know I don't think that's an uncommon answer and I don't know why I was so naturally yeah. drawn to it you know, but I was and I was totally obsessed with it. So from childhood until high school, to go back to your original question, was just golf for me. Everything was golf. So I'm, I'm in this world of pastor's kid. My parents are also very entrepreneurial. So they are flipping houses on the side. Really? Yeah, so they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff on the side to hustle because they're pastors and they they're, not, they're not making a lot of money. Yeah. But they've got three kids and we ended up later adopting my cousins so and now we've got four kids. So they're flipping houses. Um, They're being incredibly um, creative to generate more income. Sure, that's awesome. It was because as a child, um, you you got to see that, right? To see Mm -hmm. this work ethic and see this dedication to their craft. Something they love, but they also want to provide for their family. So I'm growing up and I'm just all in on the world of golf my only objective was to play golf in college from middle school to high school it was the only thing i'm studying focusing on is how can i make it to the next level
1: so what did you want to be when you grew up a professional professional golfer okay there was
0: no other there was no other thought you just
1: knew that's what you were going to
0: do boy was i wrong but there was no that's i just knew that was it there was no other option because i grew up in such a supportive household you can do anything right? right like Um,
1: and you did though like here's the thing people don't understand this when someone's kid gets a scholarship to go play a sport at a college that is the like the one and a half percent
0: it is probably
1: the one percent of humans it is it is a very special thing and sometimes in our culture in alabama in the groups that i run in it's not a big deal for example Three weeks ago, we went out for a friend's birthday. There were four couples. All eight of us played college sports, and all were college athletes.
0: Yeah, never hear that. Yeah, S- so rare.
1: So, but you like, played college sports. I did. Okay. So, where'd you play? I played at UAB.
0: Oh, you did play. Okay, I did. Okay.
1: So, having having someone that's played college sports that got paid to play college mm-hmm. sports.
2: Mm-hmm. No matter
1: what it is, I don't care if it's bowling, mm-hmm. whatever. Like my best friends in college were synchronized swimmers. It's a hard sport.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's a special deal.
2: Mm-hmm. So you
1: got to that level at college, and got right. to, someone paid you to play golf. That's it, crazy.
0: It's a huge deal. You know, it was a huge even at such a young age. I knew what I was able to give to my parents, mm-hmm. and that was full scholarship. Sure. That was housing. That was food. All of it. That was books. To be able to say like I now. Got it. Now did they invest into me to get to that level because Absolutely. golf is unbelievably expensive. Yeah. And so as a junior, you know, I was playing so much travel ball. It's the same in same golf. Thing. Except just brutally expensive. Just just like I guess travel ball is for for kids these playing days baseball. It is, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, right? Very similar. I mean, we're paying all these fees to to enter the tournaments, to travel. My dad's pastoring, you know, so it's it's a difficult wow. juggle, but hmm. they they did it. So yeah, it was a it was a big deal. That's all I wanted to achieve, and I was fortunate, and I worked very hard. I'm never going to take that away from sure. me to say, yeah, I got lucky. And I worked really hard. Yeah, sure. Was never the greatest golfer, and I knew that from an early on. I didn't have the um, extreme talent, but from an early on, just had a um, a burning desire and a passion to uh, just work really hard to put myself in a position to succeed and and right. go to the next level of golf. So-
1: you're at college, and at some point in college, they say, "Hey, Ash, you gotta you gotta have a major. You gotta get a degree because you gotta stay eligible." What did yeah. you decide? Did you at that point think that you wanted to do something as a career? Were you still like? I want to be a professional golfer, but I gotta go get a degree in something. So, what was that?
0: Yeah, it was after just trying to narrow it down, right? Of like, what would I be good at? I'm a good communicator. I at least know that at a, sure. as a, a younger age of yeah I've, I've watched my parents control a room for all of these years and, and very much be That's good. be good communicators right so I realize I've in, inherited that as my brother and sister have, we are all have that skill set from watching yeah. watching them so okay, I narrow it down to marketing and I'm like, you know what my backup plan is yeah. going to be I'm going to do marketing for golf right right again, golf, golf. I exactly. I can't think straight. All I can think about is golf. So that was I get to college. Hey, you got to pick a major. All right, let's go golf. I mean, let's go marketing. We'll always be in golf.
1: So talk about going to college. You get get a marketing degree, graduate, and then where did it where did it transition?
0: Yeah, I graduate and I'm gonna play. Well, in golf, it's you have got to go to Q school, right? Qualifying. qualifying school. Qualifying school, yeah. So I'm gonna go play on a little mini tour in Orlando, Florida. Now could I have been good enough at this point where I've gotten sponsor deals and all these things? Yes. But again, I know I'm very aware that I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not the greatest. Right. Right. And I'm surrounded by coaches, swing coach, mental coach, you know, fitness coach. We all know that, that we're all very aware of the situation, but I could at least try. So you know what, this is actually probably Anna Marie comes into this play as well. I say, well, how am I going to play professional? I have to have sponsors. Well, I'm not good enough for you to say, Hey, let me sponsor you. So I'm going to go out to those in the community. I'm, I'm in a smaller community. Everyone still knows in my Aniston, dad, still in Aniston. Aniston Jacksonville area. Okay. Everyone knows my dad. Yep. So I'm going to go out and ask for sponsors. And so that's what I do. I put together a whole package marketing myself and I go to these local businesses and, and ERA King sponsored me. Um, Aniston country club sponsored me. Yeah, I needed,
1: that's great. Yeah, just okay. Thinking about that. I'm yeah.
0: like, Oh, that's, that's another connection I have with her. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like in college and I'm also, um, I do my internship at Aniston Country Club, which is another connection to Anna Marie as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get all of these local sponsors in Aniston to sponsor me for uh, like, let's call it one season or whatever on this mini tour in Orlando. So I have a host family. I moved down to Orlando, do not know anyone. And I just play every week. You play a tournament. Within 100 miles, 50 miles of the Orlando area, pretty big radius. And that's Q School. No, so that was just a little tour. Okay. And that's just me preparing. I did it a season in advance to prepare for Q School, which is a four-day tournament.
1: Q School is just a four-day tournament. That's all it is. And what you're doing there is that's a tournament to qualify to to get get your card. card. Correct. A card is your professional card.
0: That's correct. Okay, Mm -hmm.
1: so tell me about Q School. How did that go?
0: Not good. Not good. Not good. So, I'm playing on this tour all year to prepare. Yep. I go to Q School. Horrible. Horrible. Not even horrible. Bad weekend? No. Or like, a, or like I'm just not I'm good just enough. I'm just not good enough. Got it. I'm just not good enough. And I do it for the another
1: self-awareness season. in this room is wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Not, not good. good enough. Yeah.
0: So, I'm like, you know what? I'm still not going to be 40 and look back and say, that was a good enough try, Ashley. Sure. I, there is no chance I can swing one time strike out and say well oh well I gotta do it again There's my 40 year old self cannot look back and I was these were like the exact words I was using so I'd do a whole another season go back to Aniston get more sponsors more money more money need more money (laughs) guys guys my dad's pastor yeah (laughs) so (laughs) So I'm going to all these businesses right get more money go back down another season
1: in the Orlando thing in
0: the Orlando thing same thing same family everything Q school again fail probably even worse but my husband at this not my husband then my boyfriend very serious boyfriend caddies for me and we went into it like this is it have so much fun because I know that I know that I'm done and truly like have no regrets no regrets because I tried it Um, other than maybe my marriage I I don't have children it's the greatest accomplishment that I have because it was so hard it was so difficult it was Courageous for a young kid—it was all the things, right? So I did it and and didn't work, but I tried it twice and that's great. And moved on with my life. All
1: right, so that was going to be my next question. You've already segued into it. So tell me about your husband. So where's he from? What's he do? Just all those things.
0: He's from Georgia. Okay. Go dogs. Yep. He's gonna love that. Yeah. So he was in golf. Okay. So he takes a he he's a assistant superintendent in in Georgia. So a a superintendent manages the property, right? Sure. He becomes the youngest superintendent in Alabama and takes the head superintendent job at the golf course my family lives on. So we meet just because he's the superintendent and I'm there practicing. I was actually home in between that one and two season. Okay. was playing and was introduced, hey, you need to meet the new superintendent. And I'm like, I absolutely do not. They are 75 and overweight. Ah, that's good. So I meet (laughs) Chad and yeah, so... And then we are kind of dating, and then after after that first round, or, or the second round, it was like, yeah. okay, we're, we're serious. So he's from Georgia, in golf, and now we're in Fort Lauderdale. We moved there originally for his job, so he's still in golf. What's he, he doing in golf? He works in golf, so he works for a company based in the Fort Lauderdale area, where he consults and a little bit of sales, but mostly consulting with golf courses in the Caribbean. So he's in Puerto Rico, as we speak, he spends, 40% of his life in the Caribbean, Central America. That's his Doing territory. Golf. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So he's working with these. This, his company reps a few different products, and they're in South Florida, or, or kind of Central Florida, South, and then the Caribbean. So he's over the Caribbean. So products. He has, what do you mean products? So they have Toro. You're familiar yeah. with Toro? Okay, Club Car.
1: Golf so Course Products. Correct.
0: And then they also have like irrigation equipment for the superintendent who needs irrigation for the golf course. So those are the three areas like Toro mowing equipment. Yeah. Um, you know, golf carts, yep, actual ac- carts. Yep. And you then the, have all three of those the things. piece for the actual um, irrigation. So as, because he was a superintendent, he can really he work can with these guys with and That's say, great. oh, you need this, this, and this. And he has a mechanic. So he manages a smaller team of a parts person, a mechanic of this, of this, and this. And they travel with him to these properties He's kind of the head guy, leads the whole project. They might be redoing a golf course or building a golf course, and he'll be on this project for several years.
1: So, you get married. I've done it with Q school. I'm not going to give it another shot. What do you do then? Because your husband's got a job. It sounds like he's he does. Either a superintendent. He's a golf
0: or, course superintendent at this point. Okay, we so living on the golf course he's managing. You don't point.
1: have a job. 25 years old ish. Whatever your age is, you don't have a job. You got a degree. I'm done with golf.
0: What now? Marketing for my dad's church. What do you mean? Isn't that the easiest?
1: Marketing for church.
0: Marketing for church. Okay.
1: So tell me about. Yeah. It was a very that. short sure, s- yeah, span yeah. of my life.
0: It was, hey, what am I going to do yeah. in marketing? So I, I, I go and I help dad at church. I do small groups and marketing. Okay. So we do the rep. We do redo the website, social media, All you know, stuff. just the basic yeah. stuff. Right. So do this for a very short period of time. And then I was like, okay, I need my big girl I job. Need, in I need marketing. big girl job. Yep. And I find an agency here in Birmingham, so. Can you tell me who? A marketing agency, Strong Automotive Merchandising. Okay. Shout out. Yep. So, agency life is an, a marketing agency for those, you know, just a three-minute or a three-year-old version is they have certain clientele and they do marketing for all their clients. So you've got hundred bosses, right, or five hundred bosses, right? So that's really dumbing it down, but you're doing the marketing for the companies that you work for.
1: Because you're right. at this agency. How long are you at this agency?
0: Two or three years. Then what? I go straight to Welburn Cabinet.
1: Yeah, in Ashland.
0: Yeah, you know them.
1: I know them very well. How? Girlfriend in high school and first year of college is from Ashland. Tiny town. Tiny town. Tiny. My best friend lives in, Ly- was from Lineville.
0: You got to get to... To you Asheville, gotta be, you got to gotta be going you gotta there to go get through there. Through
1: Um And so we dated for two years. Okay. And it's the hub of that. That's the region. only thing
0: in the. It's town. The hub. Yeah.
1: They're chicken farming. Yeah. Very chicken farming and Welborn Cabinets, and Welborn Cabinets is
0: huge, massive.
1: And so everyone there works in farming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or works at Welborn. Works at Welborn Cabinets. That's really all you There's can do. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. So yeah, I know Welborn real well.
0: Yeah. So I go there because. So, at this point, I'm driving from Anniston. And it's not that far. It's not. It's 40 minutes. Right, from Anniston? Yeah. yeah, not that far at all. Yeah. So, I'm driving from Anniston at this point to Birmingham, 70 miles one way every day, 140 miles. Mm. I do this for two years. I loved working at Strong Automotive. Um, it was so fast paced, it was hard, uh, and I loved it. I was in the account side. So, Are the you account married management yet? side. Yes. Okay, yeah. You're married. Okay. So, we're married. So, I'm like, I need something a little bit closer to home. I've gotten a good start to my sure. resume. So I go to the Welburn cabinet and I work on their marketing team for a year and a half. Okay. And then Chad gets the job, my husband's Chad, gets the job in Fort Lauderdale. So it's like, well, we're, we're packing up. We're, we moved to South Florida.
1: So you've been in South Florida for how long? Six years. Okay, so you go to South Florida and you were from Welburn.
0: I work, fun change of events, I go back to Strong and working remotely. And now okay. I'm working remotely for Strong. Okay. And I do that for a year or two while we're down In there, Fort Lauderdale. In Fort Lauderdale. Okay, so then what? Leave Strong, go to um, a company in South Florida, do marketing for them. So at this point, my business is starting to brew in the background. And now I'm like really struggling internally. So it's like, okay, I've, I know I'm having to start my business. So I...
1: Okay, th- this is great because yep. there's somebody out there that's, that's 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 feeling the way you are feeling. Yep. So talk about that feeling. So you feel confident. Mm. Tell me about the feeling that you had that started to come up in your mind when you realized that you needed to go start your own business.
0: It's a heavy burden, and if there are certainly people who listen to you who feel it, and I'm, that's a great, that's good on you for stopping that conversation because there's someone out there wondering. I'm a dad. I'm a I'm a wife. I'm single that's such a huge leap. Right. right. And I'm never going to be the one person that's like, just go for it. I take risks, but I take calculated risks. Right. So, you know, the feel, you know, you have it. If if it's burning desire in you, you know what feeling I'm talking about. Right. So it starts to eat at me of, I've always, always known I'm going to be some sort of entrepreneur. Right. So after the world of golf, I shouldn't say always known. As I realize golf is starting to shift. I know that I'm going to be an entrepreneur somehow. And looking back, it was always kind of f- festering in okay. me, especially seeing mom and dad do what they do, sure. right? Being being the definition of small business owner. So, I start to have this feeling, and it's not even I could do it better, but you realize working for someone else like you can't you can't have every day I could not continue to work for someone else when I'm like, god, I could be doing I, there's so much potential that is not being used. That would probably be the biggest feeling I have, is there's so much potential not being used, and then also, I wanna see if I can figure this out. Can I figure out how to have my own business? My problem at this point was, I don't know what that is. I don't know what small business I wanna start, I just know I wanna have my own business.
1: Are you sec- so, so what I'm hearing is, you're sitting in the chair, mm. working for somebody, and you are, in essence, in your mind, respectfully, second-guessing, Decisions that are being made because you feel like they can be done a different way.
0: Absolutely true or not true a hundred percent
1: Okay, so you're doing that and in in that thought process What you you still say okay, I can do these jobs or this job. I want to go do this on my own
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So tell me about the transition the transition is the most important thing
2: mm.
1: the specific question I have is as you're working at the agency, you did you have other clients? I did. Okay. So as you're working at the agency, the biggest thing that everybody wants to know and understand is how did you get your first client? So as you're working at the agency, how did you get that first client?
0: Yeah. So my sister meets and marries a lawyer. And as a good sister, I start doing marketing for him on the side. Hey, let me help you out. Right. Let me, let me look into this. No, yeah, your website is bad, it needs work.
1: But you don't know anything about lawyers?
0: I know nothing about lawyers, not one thing.
1: A lot of dollar juice, a lot of confidence, sir. keep going.
0: Not one thing. But I'm start I'm looking at his contracts, I'm like, what are you paying for? You're, you're really getting, t- my first reaction is you are getting taken advantage of, you're paying for SEO marketing, which is organic marketing, and you're really just having your website hosted by this company. It happens, come to find out, it happens a lot in the legal industry. So I start to see this, yeah, absolutely, I can do your marketing. Yeah, at this point, I just wanna earn some extra income. Again, the hustler side of me, the hustler, the the golfer side of me is what I say a lot. I can do anything, it's a, such a solo sport. So I'm like, I can do this. So I start doing his marketing. Well, he shares a building with two other lawyers. I go and visit him one day and talk to him about his marketing. It's still not really clicked, this is the thing.
1: This is what you're doing. I'm a business owner. I don't.
0: You, you don't get it. I haven't clicked, it has That's not clicked. So funny. I go to his office and I meet someone in his office. I talk to him, he's, hey, can you do my marketing? Of course I can do marketing. Absolutely. Before month one is over with, I'm doing marketing for all three in the building. I have all three.
1: Go back to that time, how much were you making? How much were you charging those people?
0: I was charging each of them, maybe between seven and 900, let's call it 800. 800 bucks, mm-hmm. 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. How much mm-hmm. were
1: you making at your job job for this other
0: person? For my job job. Fifty-two.
1: So fifty-two. So you're making twenty-four hundred mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. So you're still at like thirty, maybe mm-hmm. a little less than thirty mm-hmm. grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's keep going. This is good.
0: So I I start to do the marketing for the three of them. Right. Yeah. Still working at this other job.
1: Are you Are you working your face off? Are you working a lot? Or, or is your job Is your job demanding? Yes. Okay, so your job, agency life is really demanding. Because you're at the beck and call of all these people. Mm-hmm. Very demanding. So your agency life is pretty demanding, but you're mm-hmm. also still working mm-hmm. these other three Correct. guys. Mm-hmm. So so where does it I mean how what's how, where does it go from there?
0: So I continue to do marketing for these three guys, continue to have my business, my other job, and say, look, this can't happen. So my, my husband and I are having the conversation of like, now it's starting to catch on. A couple months in it's starting to catch on. This could be the thing. And I always felt like you know, again for your listeners. I always felt like a small business owner knows what they want to do. Now I have experienced and talked to people and listened to podcasts that many times that's not the case. I know I want to be a business owner. I don't know what that business is or have a very broad picture. And if you are feeling that way, it's okay. It's Mm. okay. What I would say is try experiment. What, what fuels you? What do you enjoy? What do you have a natural gift in
1: That, that? That's it. The last one is it. Yeah. So there's a huge difference. People think that you have to follow your passion. Mm. Passion is a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to do what you're good at Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Then at that point, you intertwine your passion Mm -hmm. in what you're good at.
0: Mm. That's great. That's great.
1: Because I may love golf, but I suck at golf. So me doing something with golf is probably not great. But I have these skills that I'm really good at. Then, if I really want to intertwine that, I can go mm. market for golfers mm-hmm. or do whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got to do something. Mm-hmm. So you're obviously good at this because people mm-hmm. keep hiring you. Correct. So you're doing these. You've got these three. These three lawyers. You're still working your job. Job. How long? How long does that go on?
0: Not. No more than six months.
1: Did you get any more than three? Yes. Okay, so tell me about how you got the fourth and fifth or however many.
0: Word of mouth, a hundred percent word so of
1: the, mouth. So those three dudes. Or girls, I don't know. All talk dudes. To all those three dudes talk to other dudes, yep. and they're just like, "Hey, girls, Ashley's doing a good job. She's affordable. Yep. Whatever."
0: Exactly. So I'm, I'm maybe up to. I've maybe acquired two more at this point. Okay. Um, and so now I'm looking at. Okay, this is it, right? Like this is yeah. this is the thing, and so I'm I'm having conversations with my husband, and this is 2019. Okay. So the world is normal. The world is. The world is normal. <laughs> And I'm like, ah, is this it? Is this it? I, my husband is much more risk averse than I. So we're having this, ooh, ooh, like, what should we do? What should we do? Make the decision to go for it. So.
1: But here's the thing, though. It's, you sound like this is really ballsy, but it's not because, it's, you're, because you're making 40, between 40 and 50 grand a year and you got a husband that makes pretty decent money. Right. You probably don't have any bills because you don't a scholarship. You don't have any kids. Exactly. So, like, mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. I tell people, mm-hmm. I did a video on this for You don't have kids, you're Mm -hmm. at an extreme advantage for time, income Mm -hmm. producing, and here Mm -hmm. you are, you know, you're making right the same Mm -hmm. So There's really not a whole lot of risk.
0: It's not, and going back earlier, what we were saying is I've taken risks, but I always take a calculated risk, right? That's what I mean, that's a, you nailed it, right? Like finances, my husband and I are, are, thankfully we are aligned, we're debt free. We're all of these things, he has a great job. I've already supplemented my income with probably five clients at this point. So it's not a huge risk right? So at this point is when I go full throttle. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be in February of 2020. So it was a strange time. So
1: you've got five clients mm-hmm. in February of 20.
0: Yep. And I'm like, this is it.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. So start,
0: keep- we just buy our condo last week of February, first week of March, something oh, like that. God. Oh, the world is just shutting down for a couple of days, right? It's like, okay, it's not a big deal. We've just bought a Brand new, oh brand new God. to us. We just buy a condo in downtown. We've lived there now for a few years, trying to decide where we want to live. We've been renting. We've decided we want downtown, beautiful Fort Lauderdale. But this condo needs a ton of work. This couple went through a divorce. They trashed the place. So we're going to gut it, renovate it, right? So we buy it, I've started my business, shuts down. We, we can't renovate. Our building puts a lock and key, nothing. So now we're living in this condo that needed a lot of work. We have two buckets we're like sitting on. So I'm like literally sitting with my, my computer in my lap working. I remember so well sitting in our guest bedroom. We went and bought a rug, and I'm just sitting there every day with my computer in my lap, just working away, happy as a clam. That's great. Could care less that... My husband's panicking, you know, he stopped traveling because he travels so much. Yeah. We can't renovate our condom. Like, I don't care. I'm That's doing right. what I love. Like, I cannot believe and I get to do this. And I'm good at it and I'm growing. So the, so the longer COVID goes on, the more and more clients begin to come in. So let's in. talk
1: about that. So how did you grow? This is a great question. How did you grow your marketing business during mm-hmm. COVID?
0: Word of mouth, 100% referral. I did, I did. So the marketing z- girl didn't do any marketing. I did zero marketing. <laughs> That's awesome. I did zero marketing. <laughs> okay. And it has grown tremendously up until this point with mostly referrals. And and so during COVID, I did zero marketing, right? I'm just doing referrals. Now, did I start to become strategic in those referrals and market through those referrals? Absolutely.
1: Explain that. How did you market through referrals?
0: So hosting little like online webinars or scheduling calls and inviting them to bring on other lawyers, or as soon as you could travel, I'm traveling to these law firms because they're all in Atlanta at this point. So I'm going, all the law firms I'm working with are all in Atlanta at this point because my brother-in-law is in Atlanta. Got it. And so everybody- That's where it started. Okay. That's where it started. Uh, I probably missed that part. Yeah. Okay. So we've got those three lawyers in his office, right? So they're all in Buckhead and the- two or three that they've told at this point have all been in Atlanta. So I would go to Atlanta as often as I could. My sister's there, my nephew's there, and I would go to dinner. Hey, invite a friend. So I'm still marketing through the referrals, which to this day is such an important part of our growth is marketing through our referrals.
1: When you first started doing this, how did you know how much to charge?
0: I had no clue. Okay. I'm pulling numbers out of thin air. All right. No idea how to price, what to price, what are the deliverables, what is the time frame? No idea.
1: So when, how did you figure that out?
0: So as I begin to grow, I say, okay, lawyer A, first lawyer, does not now know lawyer F or G, right? So so my lawyer's five, six, seven down the road. I'm finally starting to grow outside of that immediate network. They do not know each other so I can increase pricing. Well, I still don't want to Throw it up at a, at a thin air, right? So I call four or five or six of my competitors and pose as a law firm and go through their whole intake process. Okay. I get pitch decks from them. What are the deliverables? I ask extremely specific questions, mm-hmm. and then I compare the two and I look at, okay, this is what I was charging. Now lawyer, my new lawyer, he he didn't even question when I said this should be my price. Then I'm looking at my competitors. And between the two i felt like it was a pretty enough it was good enough research to say okay this is my new pricing and i would continue to do that for the next i would say year to year and a half i would comp- continue looking at my competitors and calling them and posing as a law firm
1: wow so so where did you where are you at right now with the pricing not your numbers but mm-hmm. like how do you how mm-hmm. do you gauge that now do you do you have are you specific with your hours give me that
0: yeah so we track our employees time so we use a time tracking software and so I can see how much time they are using up for each individual project. Right. So this time tracking software is incredibly beneficial for me to see, oh, this is a, a super easy task, but the market is, is calling for it to be at this rate. I might can come in a little bit. That might be my edge. If I can come out a little bit lower or, you know, whatever you, there's some, so much data you have in that time tracking that you can use. And then also combine that with, again, research, we're still, shopping our competitors. We're not necessarily doing it as a law firm. I I know a lot of them and I just straight up ask them. I'm in groups and I have conversations with them. So, you know, also your competitors will tell you, just ask, I mean, your clients will tell you, just ask them, what were you paying at your previous agency? So this, all of this data now helps me be a little bit more scientific.
1: Why only market for law firms? Why Why just law firms?
0: Look, at the beginning, I tried to be everything to everybody. And it just was not me. It it felt um, it felt I was never going to be to be able to call myself a professional in that industry. When I was at the agency in Birmingham, we worked exclusively with automotive, so we worked exclusively with small dealerships across the country. And I had that thought again as I'm there. I'm like oh, I want to be a business owner. I don't know what it is. I thought, what a great concept this guy has, right? Our owner. We only work with automotive agencies. So our clients would come to us and say, "Hey, you're the pro- you you're the professional in that. You know what you're talking about. You only work in this industry." So combine that with, uh, "I'm starting to do it, and I'm realizing I can't do this for every industry. I'm having to take so much time to mm. research this industry and that industry." So very quickly, it was, "This is all I'm going to do. One day I'll grow out and and branch out, but right now, I just want to supplement my income so I can quit my job. Let's just only focus on law firms."
1: What what business in your niche does someone need to go do and make a lot of money what? you don't you don't do this thing but you wish someone would do this thing that would complement what you do what is just that? for law firms yeah
0: paid ads paid ads is very complementary to what we do and they're really hard to do if you've Why? got a good paid ads vendor anybody don't don't take them for don't 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 say that this is such a common practice that anybody can do it it's a very very competitive world in law in the legal is the most expensive paid ad category so in google you have categories the most expensive is legal why Our, it's just so competitive i mean you've got these personal injury law firms Better, yeah. they're going to if they can acquire your case and they only paid 300 a click for your case and it's a forty thousand dollar case it's just such high profit margins, right? I mean, the average divorce is gonna be between 15 and 20 grand. So if I can run a paid ads campaign and my my budget was 10 grand, you know, and I'm gonna acquire 50 leads from that, it's just a numbers game at this point. So it's just, it's a very expensive industry um, to pay. You've gotta pay to play, it's very expensive. But then also the lawyers are making a ton of money, right? So, So it's the most expensive. So that's complimentary to what we do, because again, we're only in the organic world. Um, and when we have a client who's found a paid ads vendor who does well, I say, look, don't lose them. Let's work together.
1: How, how? So this is a question that's business related, but I think you can help answer it. How important is personal brand for the business owners that you work for?
0: Personal brand is very important, but the law firm owners do not see it that way. And so I'm I'm striving to, when I meet with our law firms, to help them, to help open their eyes to that, right? So not just to, to law firms, we all know personal brand is important. But look, you're doing business with people you know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. right? And if I'm gonna spend a lot of money to work with you for more than likely a difficult season in my life, sure. oftentimes we need lawyers for a difficult for season. Stuff, yeah. I want to know that you are competent. And so, so many law firms, we, we work with our clients a lot on this, of. Does your website your website speak to your client avatar, or does it just tell people how great you are? I'm the greatest lawyer in Birmingham. I've won this, this. Sure, those things are great. Or does your website say, are you worried about not seeing your children? Hmm. Are you worried your ex-wife's going to take everything from you? Are you worried? So we're speaking to their fears. We're, we're speaking to their emotions. But if you have not built a brand, and your, your personal brand is just, I'm the greatest... Wh- Every, you know, better call all. Every, every law firm's done that. You've got to make yourself stand out in this market. No matter your business, but specifically law firms, you've got to identify what makes you different.
1: Who are the top one or two people, who are the top one or two lawyers that have, have a great personal brand?
0: I mean, I have to say Morgan Morgan, right? Okay. They have. They've done such a great job. He's done such a great job of identifying um, we are big, we are, we have the muscle and we can win your case, right? So right. he's done a really good job. Um, Alexander Shinora in this area, he's done a good job. Yeah. I mean, these are huge guys in the arena. These are not folks we work with. Uh, not that I wouldn't want to, but sure. they've done a really good job of, of saying, this is the one thing we do and we're going to do it really well.
1: Okay. So they have Shannara's and the Morgans of the world. Yeah. Have they just bought their popularity?
0: They've bought their way to the top. Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. just—it's been strategic, mm-hmm. but it's worked. Correct.
0: It's worked. They've bought every billboard on I twenty, right? Sure. Yeah, it's absolutely worked. They've muscled their way into every market and every industry by eating up all the billboards, all the TV time, all the paid ads. Mm. So he's just reinvested his money. Both of them have—they've just reinvested their money, and now they're dominating markets. There are some markets that are just so oversaturated by these guys, no one else can get in. Right? So they've done it. Birmingham is a, a, a very popular market. Just because of I-20 and personal injury where we sit in the mm, world, yeah. right? So they've just dominated this market and it's hard for other players to come in.
1: Hormozzi talks about uh, books. He says, don't work yourself to where you can read hundreds and hundreds of books. Find a hundred books, find 50 books that are the best and read them over and over again. Mm. And so that's what I've tried to do this year's. That's a great. It took six months and I read new, and I'm taking the back in the last six months and I'm reading old stuff.
0: What is the best book you've read that has helped you with a journey? Wealthy Gardener. No Hands doubt. Down.
1: Number one, The Wealthy Gardener. It is absolutely wonderful. Okay. It is, I've recommended it so many times. How
0: many times have you read it?
1: Uh, twice, it's 450 pages too. But I also, I'm an underliner, I, I read with a pen.
0: Yep.
1: And so I'll underline and write notes. And so there are a lot of times where I'll go back and read just random stuff. I will, I will pick the book up, f- open the book and read two or three chapters because what he does is he breaks it down into smaller chapters that are really digestible. And if you read six pages, you don't have to go back and read six pages to read the next six mm. hands down. One of the best okay. books I've ever read. Okay. I've never just read in it. business and in general business in life. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, What's next for you? How many, how many let, me, let me go back. How many clients do you have now?
0: We are at 40, 44.
1: 44 clients. What is the next two, I hate saying one. What does the next two to five years look like for you?
0: Stepping out of the day-to-day with clients and okay. uh, becoming more of, so currently we've just hired someone to take over the day-to-day with the clients. It's a big step for us. Uh, The relationships have all been based on me at this point. I have a team of nine. So it's time that my team begin to take over that day to day. And so I can transition to my immediate goal is more sales, marketing, and then just overall uh, growth and vision for the agency. So the the two to five year goal is I'm out of sales and I'm just growing vision, you know, training, making sure the agency is staying on track with the vision that I have for it.
1: Of the nine people that you have on your team, what will the nine do?
0: So we have a full-time website designer. We have a full-time social media and email specialist. We have a SEO manager. I have three people in our account team, Uh, some content writers, office manager. So mostly are in the actual practice of marketing. And then the other three are helping me manage the accounts. And now they're taking over managing the accounts.
1: All right, so let's talk about, you mentioned something, Email, what do you do you guys recommend? Forty-four clients that probably all have different CRMs and things like that. Do you say, hey, we're gonna work with you, but we need to use this CRM or do you just use all the different CRMs that these guys have? Tell, tell me how that works. We that's only, a technical yeah. It's a technical thing. Is, and you can be great if yeah. you you know do active campaign, but you may not know anything about right uh, you know, Salesforce. So what do, what do you guys recommend and say?
0: Yeah, so we only use MailChimp. And here's why. Really? Here's why. I know. It's a a weakness of ours. It will grow. It will grow. It's not something that I'm needing to grow at the moment. It will grow in the next probably six months. Um, In the world of legal, many, many, many law firms use legal-based CRMs. So it's also their client management software. Sure. So for security purposes and legality issues, I want no business in their CRM.
1: That's great, that's good advice. We're
0: not, trying to, we're not trying to cross that line. So what we can do is say, look, we use the easiest platform out there, MailChimp. We can send your law firms just monthly newsletter. Now, if your firm is setting up some sort of drip campaign or nurture campaign, are you familiar with yeah. that? Okay, so if you're setting up some sort of drip or nurture, we can write the content for you and you go plug and play and put that into your CRM. Right? Into the law CRM. Into the law CRM. Mm-hmm. You
1: you need to meet John Burdett.
0: Okay.
1: So John Burdett runs companies that help helps companies scale and grow, and he was a, he was a guest on our podcast um, not too terribly long ago, but he uses exclusively Salesforce. Mm. Your next step is probably utilizing someone like John mm. and that CRM for what you guys do. And, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong. I mm-hmm. think it's worth. Mm-hmm conversation yep. with John Luke let's make sure we do that so like we need to get you introduced to John John's phenomenal w- extremely successful very very smart human being okay. so th- I think that would be a good just I mean even if it's a, an hour coffee or something like that guys yeah. great okay that's great Thank you. Um, so so MailChimp mm-hmm. wow I would not have said that mm-hmm. okay um, who's your next hire
0: my next hire is going to be someone to assist my seo manager um in more of a support role for him Um, just because he's growing and he's doing a great job of taking more ownership and more of a lead role in the agency so i need him to be more of a visionary for his department yeah and have someone help him
1: i'm thinking for a second So I don't understand the, the, the agency world a whole lot. Talk to me about the financial part of agency world. Profit margins, mm-hmm. your, biggest, your biggest expense is labor. Mm-hmm. You got nine employees. Mm-hmm. What is a good, let's just, I'm gonna use a number. Okay. It's, a, it's a false number, I'm gonna yep. use a number. Say you bring in $50,000 a month, mm-hmm. okay? Of that $50,000 a month, what is an average profit margin?
0: I'm shooting for 35%. 35% Mm
1: -hmm. before or after you pay yourself? After. So you pay all your employees, you pay yourself whatever amount, and you want 35% of that, okay? Yep. What are you gonna do, what do you do with the 35%? Because this is a question Mm. that people don't know the answer to. I took in 100 grand. Mm -hmm. I made, after everybody's paid, I got $35,000 mm-hmm. sitting here. Mm-hmm. What do I do? So what do you do with your 35% profit mm-hmm. margin every month?
0: So I really have quarterly based projects, right? It's just my my brain working in an organized fashion of what is what is the next project? What is the next biggest project? And oftentimes those projects are hires and that's okay. Recognizing that your next big hire, you might have to offer an incentive or you might have to begin insurance or some sort of retirement. So many times I'm earmarking money for that next big hire, right? So as I've grown, my employees have also grown in terms of tenure, but then also how expensive they are, right? So I'm growing and I'm setting money aside as I grow or the money is reinvested into technology or it's reinvested into training. So for me, as an agency, you do not have a lot of overhead, right? I have two offices, I have an office in Fort Lauderdale, office in Birmingham, but I do not have a lot of money that I've got to, I don't have a product, right, or, yeah. or, or what you have. So I can, I can earmark that for employees or for technology or for growth. So those are probably the biggest areas that I'm marking for is an employees, technology or growth in form of I'm saving right now for a, um, a, a big office retreat, a big retreat next year. So the money can be earmarked, and, but I tend to, to dump them into those three categories.
1: How do you find your best hires? Like the best two or three people, how did you find those best hires?
0: My employees.
1: So it's all referral. So you hire Johnny. Johnny says, hey, Aunt Susie's good, or my friend Susie's good at mm-hmm. so-and-so, mm-hmm. and you hire them.
0: It has not been that way every time, but some of my best have come from employees. Look, we're a small team, Sure. right? And so we know each other very well, and they know my, what I need, they know my weaknesses. And so if I can go to them and, and say, hey guys, this is what I need, do you know of anyone? And it has, it has been a great experience thus far, um, because you know what, they don't wanna let the team down. They don't wanna work with somebody they don't enjoy. So I find for me, if you'll go to your team and be very specific, and Candid, you know this is what we need in this area. Guys, you see this. Who would you recommend?
1: How many of your employees are remote?
0: Oh, of the nine, five. Where do they live? Bosnia, France, the Philippines, um, Alabama. So four.
1: What do, what do your um, international hires do?
0: Website design, okay. content writer, SEO manager
1: content writer's um, foreign. Yes. Where's, where are they from? In
0: in the middle of hiring another one who will be in Eastern Europe. I work with a company based out of Europe. Um, so the one content writer is in the Philippines. Okay. And her English is perfect. Yeah. We found her through a recruiting company. Who? Which company? Yeah. Codev. Codev. Codev, C-O-D-E-V. I'm using a company called Jobrack, who who I have found my website designer through and i have now hired them to find me another content writer can not it, recommend job, um geez, what did i just call job it? rack job rack enough j o b r a c k that's correct that's mm-hmm. great
1: so this crazy thing is my my assistant my i say my assistant she runs everything around here Sierra and i have been talking for a week about what can a va do mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make your life easier mm-hmm. slash build your capacity mm-hmm. What can a va do to make my life easier build my capacity and i sat with my team yesterday my marketing team yesterday six of us in a room and i had one of the girls i said if we say something that could be offloaded that someone can be trained to do and i got i got a page and a half of stuff Mm -hmm. so i've heard of support shepherd Mm -hmm. i've heard of Mm jobs.ph Job online jobs.ph whatever but job rack. So job rack you give the job, job description and then and then they go find the people.
0: Only in the world of marketing. Any job in marketing? Only in the world of marketing. Only in the world of marketing. You need a web designer. You need a coder. You need a general marketing assistant. You go to Codev and they have their network is in Eastern Europe. So you're only going to have someone in Eastern Europe. So my web designer Bosnia. is in Bosnia she came through job you pay them a scouting fee yeah one time she, but then she is my employee or yeah. you can have them become an independent contractor mm-hmm. which is easier so whatever you want to do but they're yours right they're your full-time employee
1: that's great um mm. we've we're we're in the middle of that right now so i'm, I'm this is extremely intriguing
0: so you're trying to figure out in, at the moment what you want to dump off what somebody could come in and fill these six things these 12 things is that where you're at
1: yeah, we've got a we've I mean we spent a week, two weeks building a list. And I told Sierra, I said, "Hey, you've got certain things that you have to do every week. Mm-hmm. Put the thing down that you know mm-hmm. you can train someone to do okay. in a very short amount of time. Okay. That is not going to to they don't have to have in the building extremely high food knowledge, whatever knowledge. Write that thing. So she wrote like 8 or 10 things. I wrote down 3 or 4 things that I do. Like mm. there's this guy that i listen to on YouTube. He's got a podcast called My First Million. his name's Sean Purry. Mm. Oh, isn't that? He's great. Mm-hmm. There, he, he's, he's really good. So he has invested in a company called Support Shepherd and he did a document or did a course and it's like 500 bucks, it's mm-hmm. nothing. And it's called um, Nine Biggest Lessons I Learned from Hiring a Remote Assistant. Mm. And it's very, I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's very, very good. And what it does, it just, he says it just makes his life easier. Mm-hmm. They do so many different things. And mm-hmm. he even goes through and gives you these different templates and things like that. So it's only 250 bucks, I'm sorry. But I just wanna find something. There's, there are a handful of mindless tasks that I do
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I, want, I, I, can, I know I can train someone to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it be in marketing, whether it be day to day, whether it be someone that can analyze data a little bit better than mm-hmm. we can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm looking for that.
0: You know what I recently did was a practice, I'm in a mastermind group, a coaching group, right? Okay. Probably best decision I've made in my business. I wanna
1: talk about that more.
0: And they encouraged me to do an accountability chart. What is the difference between an organizational chart and a, an accountability chart? Organizational chart is Ashley, the boss, yeah. Ignacio, SEO manager, it's just titles, right? Sure. You can get caught up in titles. Accountability chart is now, and then they made me do it in three years from now. What does my hierarchy look like? But then beside each person, top five tasks they do currently. What you find is in a small team, you've got all these other tasks that you've got to put at the bottom that no one, it doesn't really fit into anyone. Somebody has to do them. So they end up falling on like your best people, right? Or you as the owner. So then they made me do it in three years from now. And it's faceless. There's no job title. There's no face to it. It's just someone who runs it, someone who does this, and then all of those other random items that you're talking about, right? That they don't really fit anywhere. On your future accountability chart, you now show every role in your dream world, what you need, each role, what they do. So you lose sight of of what, uh, you don't care about that job title. It's just what are the five things they can do, the things they can do, who cares about their title? What are the five, no more than five, it can be less than five, but no more than five things that they do. So do it now and do it for eighteen months. Three do it. Years from okay.
1: Now. So what you mean? Impact this. You're saying do it as it sits today. Correct. And then, okay, Thomas, in three years, these are the things, and you put those in different buckets. That's correct. And then eventually, you want to have a human in that bucket.
0: Correct, because you know your vision for for three sure. years from now. So combined with your vision, what does this look like? What does your accountability chart need to look like? Because you're gonna find, I would imagine you're gonna find in some of those roles, five items are too much. Five items are too much. I'm gonna narrow it down to three because I need to, three three really important items, right? So in five years from now or three years from now, what does that accountability chart look like? So what it has helped me it's helped me tremendously, like shift day-to-day employees' focus. It's helped me shift my focus. It's helped me say, "I need to hire a contractor for that. You know, someone part-time. I'm wasting my time on that." So it's it's helped me tremendously offload items from me and my team and say, "Look, I'm I'm running you too thin. You're doing too much. You're not doing these three things to the level that I would prefer you to do them at."
1: Why don't you just hire all VAs then? Because <laughs> you've got four of them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, why don't you just hire all all why not?
0: So I am growing my account team in office with me or in my Alabama office because I'm back and forth between the two. I don't think I'm gonna change that. I want Ashley's fingerprint on the account side of things. Remember what I said, I'm not extremely talented in, in marketing or whatever, and I really don't have a huge passion for marketing. I'm I'm great at communicating and relationships. Like this is what fuels me, right? So I have a very particular way that I want our accounts and our clients spoken to, their customer service, I have a high standard of that. So I will always want them in office with me where they're meeting with me face to face. We're going to lunch on a regular basis. They're hearing phone calls. They see how I engage with the client. So I might end up having a team fully remote, outside of the country, in the country, but my account team are gonna be in communication with me, in office with me, I don't see that changing.
1: That's great. Tell me, okay. So you touched on mastermind. Mm. So I've had tons of conversations with multiple people. Um, Stephen Higgins, great friend of mine. Rox who was a guest on our podcast at one point. Justin Kraft talked about the power of masterminds and groups. So I'm in a real estate group. I'm in Pace Morby's real estate group. It's called Sub Two. It's wonderful. Not a lot of engagement, but mm. you get access to the community. It's great, but it's it's a lot of people. Tell me about your mastermind.
0: It is a group of agency owners. Okay. Six agency owners are in my group. So we're broken down. There's 12 agency owners in the group, but it's broken down between group one and group two. So I am one of six and we have bi-weekly calls and it's agencies who are clumped into the same uh, price that I'm at, not price, um, yearly gross. So we're all clumped in groups. So we're um, a million and under. We're a million and three, three to five, five to 10, 10 to 15, I believe, are the groups. So you are surrounded by like-minded, uh, same probably. You are going through the trenches. You're in the same problem as everyone else in your group. It has been the most beneficial thing I've done so far. I, can, I Slack in the group. We have a Slack channel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We are in constant communication. Today, I put in the Slack channel the most specific detailed question. Has anybody ever ran into this? How do you do this? How do you price this? That was my question today. How do you price this? I immediately get another person in the group who has built a custom platform for this, told me his pricing, answered my question, forwarded it to my team. Hey guys, let's start on this. So it has been incredibly beneficial because it takes a lot of the guessing out of it and it's really supportive, right? You see people who have gone through it, going through it and, and they've survived as well.
1: If everybody in the same in the group mm-hmm. is at the same roundabout income level,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you how do you ask questions about next tier growth? So, because everything you read, everything you hear, every podcast, every book, every all that stuff says you gotta have people that are you gotta be with people that mm-hmm. are where you're wanting to go. Mm-hmm. So you got a group of six. Y'all are all kind of in the same boat. So talk to me about that. Now you said it's beneficial, yeah. But are you? you, Is it beneficial in a way of helping you grow to the next income tier?
0: It is beneficial in helping you grow to the next income tier, but there are coaches assigned to the group, and the coaches are in the group ahead of you. That's wonderful. So smart. So
1: six of y'all, and you got a coach. Coach A is in. Let's just say you're in the one to three million dollar group. Yep coach the coach is in the four to nine million dollar group and so he's kind of helped man that's really good
0: because he's been there right and he's gotten through it and he and he can tell you calm down you're going to lose that client but you're going to thrive after that because of this or you need to fire that client what are you doing he is on the other side and he's looking down saying come on you this is how you're going to get to this mark so these coaches so we have two coach we have two coaches in our group who are agency owners themselves and and like you're saying they're in the I think both of them are in the highest tier and they've been doing it for a really long time so they are on every call that we are on and we can ask them questions all the time. And then the actual mastermind, they've got a few employees who just work for them and you can go to them as well. But many times they're like, look, I don't know the answer to that. I don't sure. run an agency. Ask this person and they will connect me to with connect someone from with the, the group above me. People I've never met before, they'll connect me and I ask them questions. Can you tell?
1: Can you talk about the pricing what that costs?
0: It's a thousand bucks a month.
1: Is there a one-time fee? Nope. Worth every dime?
0: Every, I'm telling you, I paid for a year in the first month because the first thing my coach said to me is you are way below your market rate. You've got you to your increase price. your price. You've got to increase your price. Why? You actually, your time is what you're not accounting for. Yeah. As business owners, well, this is our business, right? But what would the market rate be for, for Thomas's time? Sure. What is the market rate for my time? So I immediately increase my price by no longer giving away uh, free proposals, proposal calls. So I do a first initial call for free. But then after that, it's a paid strategy call. Fair. Why not? Right? I mean, lawyers are- give them we,
1: Make them have some skin in the game.
0: Lawyers are charging for a consultation call, but we're also on that call, we are building your marketing plan. So you are getting an 18 month, two year plan that's included so much research from my team. And so what I tell them is, hey, you're paying for this blueprint. If you want to take it to another agency, run with it. You've got the plan, so you're not a client of ours, even though you've paid for the blueprint. Decide after that. So they've they've paid for themselves, month
1: one. How much of what you do is plug and play, for the law firm in Atlanta? That's the same as the law firm in Charleston. The same as the law firm in is it is it is it all? I mean, is it not all? Is it a, real similar? Is it a plug and play type thing, or do you have to do specific research on each specific law firm?
0: So I'm gonna answer your question, assuming you are referring to the same practice area. So all family law.
1: Family law, yeah, let's just use that. Yeah, I know family law and personal injury is totally different.
0: It's pretty different. It's a pretty different strategy for a family lawyer here in Birmingham and a family lawyer in Aniston where I'm from. Because the keywords, what we're trying to rank for is different based on your geographic location, right? Now, some of the similar questions are gonna be, um, they're gonna be asked the same from Alabama to Birmingham but from birmingham to dallas texas those are going to be very different because the laws are different so you're searching different based on the laws
1: okay that's good mm-hmm. that's a good answer um so let's talk about that 35 percent margin mm-hmm. and you mentioned that you're you know planning for a retreat, mm-hmm. in, in, um, investing in different tech and then also always holding money back for the next employee talk about you personally you and your husband what do you invest in? What are you guys investing in right now outside of your marketing agency?
0: Yeah. So we both max out our retirement. So we recently did a call with our, we have a a financial team, right? For ourselves. So someone investing, we have a CBA and we've just had the conversation of, all right, enough's enough. Like you guys have maxed that out. Uh, So other than our retirement, we also have a mutual fund. Uh, That mutual fund is earmarked for a second home for us. So it's an investment but we want that to be invested for our second home uh that's our goal is in our 40s we want a home out west it's been planned for us for many years um other than that we are uh, two months maybe away from our first rental property so for us we're going to grow into the the rental world so growing up again my family flipped houses right so it has been something that i've wanted to do for quite a while my husband's on board with it he's excited um so we've saved and so that will be our first investment property and we're going to do it in Georgia which we have a big network there it's a lot um, more affordable than South Florida. Oh my lord, yeah. So our goal is now that we have Green Cardian the agency and it's thriving and it's growing is our next tier 2 of investing is going to be um long-term rental in in the south we want to stay Alabama Georgia just to start.
1: You want to buy single family homes, multifamily, Single duplexes. family homes
0: to start, would love to grow into the world of of duplexes and um, I think that is on the horizon, sure. but I wanna, you know, bigger pockets, I, I, wanna, I wanna try my first one and make yeah. mistakes and, and know that we can afford it. Cause we've put, our goal is we wanna put 50 down, uh, 50% down, mm. I know. Why? Again, the risk averse side of my husband is just nervous of that first property. What if something goes south? And he's like, he's wanting to over, over prepare and, and be over prepared. So that's, we have had to compromise on that. He he would prefer more. He would prefer to pay cash for the first house.
1: 50%. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely ludicrous. We need to talk like through that because if you put 50% down, say you put 25 and 25 on mm -hmm. two different homes, Mm -hmm. 25% is still more than average. Mm -hmm. So right now you can get 15 to 20% down, but if you put 25 or you put 30, God, Mm -hmm. you know, put 30 down,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you're going to open up yourself because even if you put 30 down, what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to even raise your your um, your spread. Mm-hmm. So your mortgage is going to be a thousand. If your mortgage is a thousand, that means you got a lot more. You've bought a lot more house, mm-hmm. and you could charge you know eighteen, nineteen, two thousand dollars, whatever the the number is, right. for rent. So you putting that down, you you make your spread. It's a lot bigger, but you're. I mean, you could have more buying power. I'm I can see you beat your head against the wall with it.
0: I've beat my head against the wall yeah, with it. I can it. see that. Here's I, I can see I can see your eyes. <laughs> thankfully like he's yeah. not going to watch this not not yeah. for real, he real. So our goal has been Ashley's got to get out of the account with my business so I can back out and have more time. I'm I'm in the thick of working How much do you work 70 away? 80 hours a week. Right now? Easily. Easily. It is out of this world, insane, nonstop, overwhelming. Now, I've hired and I'm backing out of that, right? It's, it has to, it has the work-life balance is not great. So I'm backing out of that. So our goal is spring, I'm gonna have more time on our hands. If I know our dynamic, I will get my way and it'll be a 20, 30% sure. f- percent down on this first one.
1: Do you wanna have kids? <laughs> Hesitate means no.
0: This is a hot take. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, we're 35 and 39. 38. Okay. Um, we've been married for 10 years. Great. Yeah. So we're considering it. How considering about that? Considering it. Mm. You're you know, being my whole careful. family. You're is, being very careful You know careful my whole here.
2: family is going to watch this. Right? That's
1: fine. You're being very careful. Mm. Why are you being very careful?
0: Because we don't know. And I would say everyone would, would assume and think, and what we've probably told many people, is no. We don't. But as we've gotten older, there has been more conversation of maybe. Yeah. It's, it, is a, it is a hard maybe.
1: <laughs> Luke's back there laughing. A hard maybe. Yeah. Um, what are your hesitations? I love this question. This is the first time you felt uncomfortable. The Can whole you- <laughs> hour and 14 minutes.
0: Can you tell? Yes.
1: So what is your hesitation? Your, your, your hands are sweating. <sighs> Take a deep breath. What are your hesitations?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's
0: good. Can I do it? This is my hesitation. Can I do it? Can I not screw them up? Can I have the time? Will it mess my marriage up? Will it mess my marriage up?
1: Okay. So all of those things are very possible.
0: Mm.
1: All those things are very possible because everything changes when you have a human. Because you put on, you wear glasses. So if you were to take those glasses off, you probably couldn't see me as clearly. But when you have a human, you automatically wear a different set of glasses. Mm. And when you do that, it's not bad or it's not good. It's just different. And so the way that you think about things will dramatically change. But let me say this. There is nothing in this world that you will love and care for more than that human and you don't know a love like that until you have it and you love your mom and you love your dad and you love your husband but when you create a human that is from you it is an indescribable thing don't have kids, I can say all that I want to with as much emotion as possible, but I can't explain it. Yeah. So I say that, I, you know, you grew up in church, so I assume that you've got some sort of, I know you've got some sort of belief, background, and faith. I think that, here's my thing. Good people need to have people so that they can, we can have more good people. And so, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. But you've already proven the difficult is not a big deal for you. Mm. From the time you were nine years old, you had one thought process and you worked extremely hard at night, paying for lessons, traveling here at golf. This is harder than golf. But the reward never ends. And so I say all that to say, I'm not trying to talk you into anything. I say that because I go back to, great humans need to go make more great humans. And business owners are great humans because they can do multiple things.
2: Mm.
1: Raising kids is hard. It's extremely hard on a marriage because you will change, you will physically, mentally, chemically, you will be different. Your husband will change, but he will not change as much. But just like owning your own business and creating the income and getting another client is extremely rewarding. Having a human that you created, look at you in the, in the face, and tell you that they love you, and tell you thank you, and you teach them something for a month, a a half, a year, a year, two years, and they finally get it, you can't replace that. Mm. There's a lot of bad people out there that are making bad humans. Mm -hmm. And so your fear is that you're gonna screw up a human, when in reality, your work ethic, your moral standing and your drive has proven that you're pretty good. I wouldn't say that to everybody, but just in the hour of have been sitting here, there's qualities there, that those qualities need to be in more people. And just like the number one person that you learned from was your mom, mm. how can you take what she taught you and give that to another human? So I wanna encourage you, but I also wanna Throw some perspective out there. Yeah. Because here's the thing we are all extremely selfish. We love our time, we love our money. Really, those are the two things. Yeah. But having someone to share that time with that's not just a spouse is a very, very special thing. So I encourage you to think, obviously but pray too that the Lord will lead you in a way that he may guide you there because it's a special thing. It really, okay. really is. So sorry yeah. to preach a little bit. I've heard you. Yeah. I've heard you loud. and clear. Um, okay. So as we wrap up here, what questions do you have for me? Because you've talked the whole time and you've been wonderfully interesting. And there's questions that I want to ask off air, just technical questions that you might want to give the answers to. But What questions do you have for me? Anything.
0: Yeah, so I talked about the mastermind, right? And it's sure. been the greatest decision for me. Give me that for you. What is one thing that you would say, man, I, I can't imagine what my business looks like without this?
1: Over hiring. So I'm in the position that you want to be in, in uh, two years, or in, in 18 months. I've probably got two or three people on my team that I could probably do their I could do Luke's job. I could do uh, Tanisha's job. Um, I could do part of Rebecca's job. But if I did Luke, Tanisha, and Rebecca's job, I would work 70 or 80 hours a week. And so I have Luke, who's been a wonderful hire. I have Tanisha, who helps run the kitchen. I have uh, Rebecca and BB, and you know, there's a handful of people that we have on the marketing team that do a great job. What they do is they allow me to do other things. I'm leaving here in a minute and I'm gonna go fill the football with my son and I won't pick up my phone until tomorrow morning. Mm. Uh, I will take my daughter to church tonight. I will sit down with my wife. I hate TV. I will sit down with my wife tonight and watch TV because that's what she wants to do. Mm. I, it allows me to do the things that I wanna do, mm-hmm. but it also frees my mind up to do things that need to be done that only I can do. Because There's a handful of things that only
0: yeah. Ashley can do. Yeah, the vision, that's all yeah. on you.
1: <laughs> and so, overhiring allows me to do that.
0: How did you do that?
1: By finding things that I did not wanna do and hiring someone to do those things, number one. Or hiring someone to do things that they are better at than me. So when I coach college football, coached college football for 10 years, Coach Amato used to always say, I gotta hire coaches that know more than I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if I'm the smartest guy in the room, mm-hmm. I gotta get into another room.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: Luke's got a handful of knowledge that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Ari, who does all of our marketing, got more knowledge than I have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I gotta hire people that know more about things than I do, okay. and that's hard. Because you think you know it all in a certain way, but you gotta go find those people. Okay. That make you, that, that alleviate things, but you gotta find someone that knows more than you do, that does right. a better job at those things than you do.
0: Okay, I have one other question, let me come back to this. What you were just saying, this is a, a practice we had to do in our, our coaching group, mm-hmm. going back to that, draw a circle around your fist, right? Inside, mm-hmm. every, inside the circle is everything you enjoy doing, what fuels you, what sure. you enjoy doing, everything you hate doing on the outside of the circle, and hire for that was one of the first things that I had to do in the group. Um, and it has been rewarding in a way. I, again, I'm not really into marketing. I don't really care about that. I love nothing more than the human side of it. I love seeing a law firm owner happy because they've grown and they've made more money and their work-life balance is better. I don't wanna do the work. So that was just a tool that might help people. Of uh, It was the, the first thing I did to, yeah. to start hiring. My second question for you is what is the biggest mistake you've made and how specific you can get would be, I think, helpful.
1: Hiring fast people that don't morally line up with what we're doing.
0: Not what I thought you would have said. Um, can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. you, You hire fast because you have a need. And I had a guy quit who did a really, really good job for the stage we were at and he quit not long ago and I could have hired extremely fast but I didn't. I helped do that job for a little bit because I wanted to see what I wasn't seeing. And what I saw just in that chef's job was that he was cooking and in the kitchen doing stuff 70, 75% of the time. And I need him doing that 15 or 20% of the time. Mm. That's probably too big of a number. Mm. I need someone to run the intricate day-to-day things that make that kitchen, yeah. that, that, that ecosystem go. Yeah, And I've seen that because I've picked up some of those tasks, Sierra's picked up, the, picked up some of those tasks, and Tanisha's picked up some of those tasks. So we're doing the job that mm-hmm. that guy did. But I've added, she's added, and she's added. Okay. Can't do that long. So I've got to go the next, I need to be more careful with my hire. That he lines up, he can a do the job that I want him to do or her do, and that he lines up morally, and um, lines up morally with where we are and what we do. Okay. What did you think I was going to say?
0: I, I don't know. I didn't expect the, um, I didn't expect the part about that they aligned with you morally. I don't know. I just didn't expect that. I don't know what I thought you would say, but I, that wasn't it.
1: Yeah, I think it's important. And I, the 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 more I'm here and the more I do this, the more I think that having someone, you don't need to have someone that, that thinks like you do. Mechanically, it is very important that you have people that think like you do mm-hmm. morally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a big difference.
0: Yeah, no, no, no I agree. Um, let me go back to one thing you just said. Tell me, you were talking about I'm going here and I'm gonna do this after this. Tonight, I'm going to do this. Tomorrow, I'm going to do this. What is your daily routine?
1: Daily? Mm. 4 to 7 a.m. is locked in. It's not changing. So the key to a great morning is, that, is how you set up at the night. So at night, let's go back to the night first. So at night, I drink 20, 20 to 25 ounces of water, lemon, and salt before I go to bed. I set the coffee pot for in the morning. I like coffee a lot, just black coffee. In the morning, I wake up between 4 and 4, 15 I walk out the, into the garage. I have a cold tub. I do that between two and three minutes. Get up, dry off, go put my clothes on that I set out the night before. I sit at my desk. I read my Bible for anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. I then read something else. And then at 5.30, I go to the gym. I come home at 6.30. From 6.30 to 7, I sauna in that time frame anywhere between 180 and 200 degrees for 20 minutes, depending on the morning. And then at 7, I make breakfast, get kids to school, and then progress the rest of the day. Um, When are you at the office? um, I got here at 10 o'clock today. Uh, Normally, i get here around 9, depending on the day. But I spend a lot of time meeting with other people because I don't have to be involved in the day-to-day every single day. So, like, for example, tomorrow morning, I got an 8.45 meeting with a business owner about possibly buying his business. And then I have a 12.30 meeting with two of my great friends i talked about earlier rock and stephen and we just talk business ideas and investing and things like that so i gotta lean on those guys a lot so i have time from 10 to 12 30 where i will do the different things that i've got to do throughout the day like today i spent an hour and a half doing the food order again something i had to pick up because that guy left mm. and so i'll do some of that and then i also i've got to helped with an event this weekend talking to a, the one of my team today about that event a little bit more specific there so my day to day during the middle of the day is is different a lot of times. I try to spend time with people um that are gonna make me better, that I can help. I spent an hour with a guy this morning that just sat for an hour and just asked me questions. A friend of mine needs some help. I sat there with him and asked answered questions for an hour. Okay. So and I, I mean I get home between two thirty and four or five o'clock every day and from that point I pretty much shut it down. And I that's that's been probably the last year though. Okay. So.
0: Before yep. that it was not you're not home at.
1: Yeah, I would still go home but I would I would usually do stuff work work okay. a little bit. Okay. But I mean I got three humans, 14 11 and 7, so I yeah. got I mean You got a lot to do. I got a lot to do.
0: that's a really common question I get is just You've asked some great questions today. Of, of other business owners want to know, or especially they're just getting started. And I'm not where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. But they not might not be where I'm at. Of just the technicalities of what do you do every day? Yeah. Right. Or how are you teaching yourself? How are you growing? How are you learning? I get those technical questions, quite a bit. Of people just wanting to know you, practical stuff. You got
1: to have people around you. So a lot of the a lot of the growth in any business is is marketing and in and, and sales. Mm. Every business, whether you're a marketing firm that does law firms or your food or whatever, a lot of it is, how are you marketing? How are you selling? We work on, we have, I work on my personal brand a pretty good bit, doing this podcast, relationships with you, whatever. But I got a team that I put ideas down on paper and I ask them, we talk through them. Some of them are great, some of them are not great. So like for example, one of the things I do all the time is I, when I travel, whether I go to a volleyball tournament and sit all weekend or I'm going to Turks in three weeks, I, try, I take notes all the time. You see this notebook mm-hmm. right here. It is full of just stuff. And mm-hmm. some of it is like to-do lists, but some of it is who am I going to talk to? Mm-hmm. I am a note taker and a thinker. And so I will write crap down all the time. And i put it on a list, go over it with my team, and they'll shoot it down. They'll say, yeah, let's do it. Or they're yep. like, eh, how do we do that? Yep. So I'm constantly bouncing ideas off of okay. Luke and Ari and Sierra and people like that. Okay. So perfect. Um, okay, so we're good. We, uh, this has been great. Um, the, your story is great, but you've also experienced a lot. Even at 35, you got a little sermon in there from me about kids, and so. But it was uh, it was just great. I, I want to continue our conversation, continue our yep. relationship down the down the road. But um, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate it. Last thing, where yeah. can someone find you and reach you if they've got questions, they want to use your services or just want to learn more about you? Yeah, on, on
0: all social channels. is probably the best place, honestly. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Okay. I'm really active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So a DM there. Um, and our website, greencardiganmarketing.com. To, Slow down.
1: To Do it again. Green, green what?
0: Greencardiganmarketing.com okay. to find anything about the business. But me personally would be my personal LinkedIn or Instagram.
1: What is your uh, your Instagram.
0: Oh my gosh! Pause. <laughs> I, I I need to know that right. Um, Ashley R Robinson underscore GCM. I know. <laughs> perfect. Easy. Good. Easy. <laughs> right? Really easy. So easy. Right, perfect. Thanks so much.